Well, hello, I'm here with Doug, and it's Tuesday, January 30, 2024, and we're going to talk about the European app stores, and that is, in fact, the oh. first story. This is um, the, the internet laws passed in Europe, and one of them was the Digital Markets app, and in order to comply with it, the next update to iOS, iOS 17.4, will come out in March, and it will now allow you to load iPhone apps from alternative app stores. And there's a storm of controversy going on. Apple said they will they will only authorize certain stores to do this, and they will charge a fee, which sounded like 50 cents, pretty minimal, for a security test to make sure the apps in there are secure. But they're required to do this by European law. It will apply only in Europe, not even in the UK, and not in the US, but there'll be alternative app stores, which is required by a digital markets app. And one can expect if things continue as they did in the past, that these European tech um, requirements will percolate to America before long. So this may be the end of the walled garden in the Apple ecosystem. Although I see some people saying, this is great, this is going to break open Apple's outrageous profiteering by charging 30% for every app. I see other people saying, the prices they're going to charge is still ridiculous and they're going to get rich and this is unfair. So there's people screaming and yelling. But um America is paralyzed. We can't pass any tech laws because the tech lobbies are too powerful. And Europe passed them, so we're going to see how they work out. I must say the uh, the DMCA in Europe, or which one was it? The uh, European Privacy Law didn't seem to GDPR. GDPR didn't GDPR. accomplish anything except to make all of us click three times on every website to agree to get cookies. Yeah, so you know, here's the the other side of this, Sam. If you're a developer, you now have to write two apps. You have uh, to write one for the European market, the one for the rest of the world, one to comply. I don't see why it wouldn't be the same app. Well, if uh, it's you have two different markets. Well, I don't imagine and, and, markets. Yeah. I just think it's uh, it. It's just it's just like if you write a book now, if you write a novel, you have to translate it into like fourteen languages to sell it. I, my sister does this. There's the Kindle version, and I don't know what all the others are, but there's apparently yeah. a lot of ebook formats and stuff. So I don't think it, any, but I mean, the app wouldn't be different when it gets on. No, your the, the app wouldn't be different, but there's a slight difference to it for European versus America or rest of the world market is my understanding. Well, if that's another problem, and that would be the balkanization of the internet. We've been worried about this for years. If yeah. you start passing individual laws, then you're going to have to have different versions of software for every nation, and that would be madness. Right, right, exactly. So we'll see. This is an experiment in progress. We'll see how this turns out, won't we? It is. You know, it reminds me of the uh, the lawsuit against Microsoft that broke them up, where they said you can no longer force people to use a browser or a music player or certain things, you must give alternatives. And so that led to every laptop of Windows being sold with like custom HP music player and custom HP backup assistant because there were certain types of software that had to be promoted with other types. So it, these things tend to lead to unexpected consequences that just make things worse for the consumer. Yeah, and did, uh, Microsoft went along and complied with that. Well, they well have Apple... To. Yeah, well, Apple came along with the iPhone and Safari in their own app for music, if you will. Oh, sure, but Apple, Podcasts. See, Apple had a good business model, which is they're the luxury brand. They'll be a small part of the market, and so they can do anything they want because they say, well, you could go get the cheaper other product. But then iPhone became the number one phone, and and uh, Steve Jobs started getting mad at Android 
for competing with him, which seemed to contradict their business model, but somehow they're continuing. Even as the number one phone, they're not subject to any monopoly restrictions, except now in Europe. Europe has finally stepped up and said, you know, the iPhone is effectively a monopoly and we're going to regulate you. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you certainly Android's around if you don't like the iPhone. So I don't think it's exactly a monopoly, but Europe said we don't care. They're not doing it by monopoly regulation. They passed these special regulations just for big tech companies. And right, right. You, you have to be a big tech company. Right, really big. Basically, you know, the big four, the big five. Yeah, and yeah. You know, this reminds me of um, what China's doing, right? Like in America, we now have oligarchs like Elon Musk that just have the weight of nations. And in China, they squash Jack Ma like a bug to prevent that. They really don't want individual people being as powerful as the government. And in Europe, they also seem to be pretty suspicious about companies and people getting as powerful as the government. They're trying to break them up. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah. All right. So my my story here is the data breach at 23andMe is getting a little bit more interesting. And in the class action lawsuit against 23andMe, it's alleged that uh, the uh, people that did the data breach were targeting specifically Ashkenazi Jews as well as Chinese. So we'll see where this is going, but it's an ongoing story. Well, I know the first uh, data for sale was the Jews, which caught my attention. And I assumed this had uh, to do with the um, with the right-wingers in America who are Nazis who are specifically targeting Jews, basically the Trump supporters. Um, but I wasn't quite sure. So it 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 does seem like the with the rising flood of anti-Semitism, this, the people that did this are a part of that. Yeah, yeah. Or at least so, they realized that there might be a market for that data. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if if you're right, if the data is sold or if it's be, been using by, you're right, an organization or some other group. And this is exactly what I thought when I brought out these genetic profiles, because I remember when I was a kid talking to my parents and I said, I don't need privacy because I got nothing to hide. And they said, you'll learn, kid, the government will just decide to outlaw you for no reason. Then you'll wish you hadn't used credit cards and everything and they couldn't track you down. And that's the first thing I thought about these genetic things is hunting down Jews would be the obvious uh, yeah. use of it from yeah. the government. But I'm sure it'll continue to whatever other ethnic group they find it convenient to blame things on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, I just heard on the news last night, Texas is demanding data from other states about Texans who go to other states to receive care because they're undergoing gender transition and they want to punish them in Texas. So it's the same kind of thing. Anyway, yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll see as this story unfolds, and it's part of a much larger story. Yeah, the worst thing is if you did give your data to one of these, your your DNA to one of these companies, you can't get it back, and it affects not only you but your whole family. So it really is a shame. Or extended family, right? Yeah, right. yeah. A bunch yeah. of people who did nothing wrong are going to get injured by this. Yeah, yeah. So what's your next story? Well, the Chronicle has yet another story about City College. City College is in big trouble again. Um, I, th I thought I had a list here. I think they had the 10th chancellor in nine years. And the chancellor, apparently, I didn't know this. I like the new chancellor, which usually means they're doomed. Every chancellor I've liked, they like execute him quickly. Um, and so this guy actually did a bunch of cuts to balance the budget. And they said he's the first guy in 25 years that actually balanced the budget at City College. And that would make them happy. So the union... And the board of trustees absolutely pushed him out. He said he's going to quit at the end of the year. He's um, they totally annihilated all of his budget cuts. So the 
budget is a mess again, and therefore they're going to lose their accreditation. They're under threat. They're in the first level of warning that your accreditation is not going to be approved because of your financial uh, lack of discipline. And so now there's petitions to try to keep the chancellor and push through his budget cuts, which would suit me. Anyway, um, it's interesting to read and important for people that go to City College. It's City College has never been anything other than than a house on fire about to collapse, and it continues in the same spirit. The classes are pretty good, and most of the teachers are pretty good, but the administration has just been an absolute chaotic mess um, ever since, for the last 20 years, just like the U.S. Congress, just the same. Anyway. Uh, so, so the saga continues. It does, and for the same reason, I, I'm much less frustrated by it since I realized it's the same as the U.S. federal government, and I should hold it to the same standard. And you know, the U.S. Congress is just arguing about Hunter Biden or or to naked pictures of him or something instead of actually doing any work in the city college uh, administration is about the same. Yeah. All right. So I've got another story here. This one's unfolding, unfolding right now. Yeah. And this is something a little bit local. It's family. And this story is out of Texas. And we've got a family member that purchased a brand new um, GMC truck last year so it's a 2023 and you can watch in a video feed um this has to do with car th uh, car theft and you can watch in a video feed where there are several wireless cameras that all of a sudden go blank except there's one in the distance that continues to function and you can see that there's a specific car that drives up couple people get out and within a few and we're talking middle of the night here a couple people get out you can see within about 15 seconds the doors are open the headlights come on the first car drives away the second car drives away and it's gone right so they're obviously using technology to open the car they're using technology to jam the the cameras and to get away with it. Now, police have been known, police, again, this is in Texas, mm -hmm. police have been, have known about this car for at least a year, and there's at least $100,000 of car theft per year, or uh, pardon me, per month. So it's over a million dollars for the past year, year and a half. They're pretty sure, or at least what they've released, what they've been willing to share is it's part of the drug cartel and they have no idea where the must where this one car it's a mustang just happens to be and where it happens to hide out during the day now car thieves like many other thieves sometimes do some things that aren't very smart and what they did was they drove to a parking lot they threw out all the contents of the car and I believe that they also found an air tag and threw that out as well. They drive back to wherever it is they hang out, which is an apartment complex. And somebody takes the AirPods that just happened to be in the car, fires them up, and they've got a location for the apartment complex. However, the truck isn't there. Now, when police try and track the truck, what they find out is in Texas, they have toll booths. So as you're driving down the freeway, you have to go through the toll booth and get your license plate scanned. 
All the cars that have been stolen over the past year and year and a half have never had their license plates scanned. They just completely disappear. But what they have found out is that right before, uh, what they have found out is there is this Mustang car that drives down the freeway and the, the uh, cameras go blank for 10, 15 seconds. And the thought is that they're getting those vehicles right through the toll booths and that they're jamming all the wireless cameras that are there. So if you care about security, I guess part of this model is don't use wireless. However, I've learned that wired cameras can also be defeated by someone at night taking a uh, bright flashlight and just shining it at the camera and it overwhelms it. So it's believed that these vehicles, this over a million dollars worth of vehicles, are being uh, transported down to Mexico where they just kind of disappear or sold or used by drug cartel. Well, you know, if they really have the ability to do this, I'm surprised it's such a small amount of cars being stolen. Well, you're, you're right. But they're over at least, like I said, $100,000 is what police are saying per month. Which is it's like two all- or three cars, right? I mean, cars cost 40 or 50 grand. Well, yeah, or hundred thousand. This is probably closer to the hundred thousand dollars. Like one car a month, you know, that's a remarkable restraint. Makes me wonder if perhaps they found an exploit that only works on a very small number of cars. I don't think so. And you know what? I just made a mistake. It's a million a month. That's a little more like it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So yeah. It makes so that so so a hundred thousand dollar cars. There would be ten of them per month. That sounds. Yeah, that sounds yeah. more believable. And yeah, but I mean, it's it's not terribly common, but there's been some resistant reports and videos of people that have these magic things that open cars. Uh, my first thought is it would be basically insider information leaking from the car manufacturers. Would be I don't point. think so because they're stealing different types. It's usually high end, yeah. kind of hundred thousand dollar range. So somebody's a powerful hacker and they have some powerful exploit, which is not public yet, I guess. Uh, yeah, or they're you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know. The part where they so, jam the cameras, I haven't heard of that part before. Yeah, so the camera jamming is pretty interesting that they're able to do that, but the technology to do that wouldn't be that difficult. No, especially since they're also jamming tool booths. It sounds like they just use a noise generator. Yeah, yeah. The simplest yeah. thing. But, um, yeah. but the part where they can just start the car and take off, that seems like... Uh, the entire auto industry is trying to make that difficult, and it's interesting how they could be failing so badly. I wonder if perhaps there's some kind of phishing where they get the actual information about one specific car. And then- I, I don't think it's one specific car. I think what they might be doing is knowing where the vehicle is, scouting it out in advance, and being able to intercept the key fob code. So they would have to have another person near the human that's asleep. Well, not asleep, but maybe they found the car in a parking lot. Yeah. And they're just sitting there waiting for the person with the key fob to open it. They've got the code and they can get the tumbled code. I, I'm not. Yeah, supposedly they're not predictable. That's the idea. I mean, supposedly right, but, the code but, you recorded in the day at night. Yeah, but the code that's sent by the key fob, I, I'd have to look how this works, but it tells the key fob that there's going to be a new code. And doesn't the car send that code back to the key fob? I don't know the details. Just that I don't Yeah. Know. 
The only I knew I've heard that actually work are when you have a real live key fob and you take the signal right away and relay it. Yeah. So if you're sitting in a parking lot yeah. and somebody comes out there, uses their key fob, which most people would do to unlock the car and start it, then you've, I believe you've got the code, including the updated code, meaning the new code that that's coming out. I don't well, know. Who, yeah. That doesn't who, sound right, but yeah. Well, I uh, so maybe I'll look this up for next yeah. time Let instead of arguing they, about it. That's an attack that they understand. It's supposedly recording the traffic from one opening will not enable you to perform another opening later. That's the whole idea. Yeah, but if you get the response, because there's there's a tumbling of the, the code numbers, right? right? Right. And somehow they have to sync up with each other again. In other words, once the code yeah. is used, it's a one time or or one in a, in yeah, a large true. number. Yeah, that that code is used, but then there's another uh, random number or random code that's generated, and both the car and the fob have to know what that number is. Actually, fobs plural, because yeah. you can have multiple fobs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so, it's um, yeah. So we'll, we'll take a. They, yeah. It's nice to find out what the weakness is and what they're doing. They're doing a pretty good job at hiding their technique so far. Yeah. So law enforcement to kind of this happened within the past few days. Law enforcement now knows where they're hanging out, uh -huh. but they don't have enough um, to get a warrant. They don't have enough evidence to get a warrant. Oh, and. So all they can do is monitor this. Um, law enforcement is saying million dollars a month in car theft and eh, not that big of a, a crime for us. So we'll continue to monitor it as cars disappear. Well, if uh, if they don't do anything about it, you can guarantee the problem will grow until you have to do something about it. So Yeah. And likewise, I, I was kind of poking around on the Internet and people have said their Tesla has been stolen. And interestingly enough they have an air tag in it and two weeks later they find it's in moscow or they find that other vehicles same thing winds up in the middle east winds up someplace else yeah i guess there's people that just buy uh, cheap cars and they're stolen yeah well they're they're getting a brand new tesla right they're able to oh you mean in in moscow or right, right. they just yeah, buy yeah. from somebody that has a car without asking questions yeah 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 all right. All right. Well, well, that's ongoing. I'll I'll do some homework. Let me find out if I can see how that key fob works. Yeah, I would you have like another to. story for us. Yeah. Well, I, this happened to me in class. My students couldn't do their homework. They say I can't install these programs on my machine. Now I didn't know this. If you buy a brand new Windows 11 machine, it appears in S mode, which I never heard of before. And S mode means it's locked down like an iPhone. You can only use the Edge browser, nothing else. And you can only install apps from the Microsoft App Store, not arbitrary apps. And you have to go into settings and find a hidden place to turn it off. And when you turn it off, a big scary message appears saying, you are subverting the security model of the app. You're going to get, your machine is going to get all infected and performance is going to go down. And you can never reverse this change to scare you into not doing it. And then you, if you do turn it off, then it turns into a normal Windows laptop where you can download and install software. So that's an interesting. There, of course, it's true that if you left it in S mode, you'd be less likely to get it infected. But it's uh, not as useful as you expect a Windows laptop to be. So I didn't know they'd done this, but it does make sense that Microsoft's model for decades has been to sort of imitate Apple. 
Yeah, this is exactly the iPhone model, isn't it? Yes. And, and I remember when they had the, the first ARM-based tablet for Windows 8, they were going to lock down the bootloader so you couldn't modify the OS at all. And they said that would end rootkits. And again, imitating the Apple. So, I mean, they're quite correct that they'd like Windows users to have the same experience as iPhone users that you don't even have to worry about malware or anything. And I guess this is one way to get there. But um, yeah. it's a thing to be aware of because I was unaware of this obstacle in the way of my students. Now I know. Yeah, I, I don't think this is going to go over well with consumers it's in the Windows world. Well, you know, this is something I've seen Microsoft do many times. The question is, do they want to keep their existing Windows users who don't want them to change everything? Or do they actually think there's a bunch of new users that have never used Windows before they could bring in? And they persistently believe that. Like the people that defended the Windows 8 UI which all of us hated, at least I hated, uh, they said, well, we trusted a bunch of people that had never touched a computer before, and they said, this is more intuitive. And I said, well, if that's really your market, you might be right. But those of us who are already used to a start button and stuff are baffled by this. I, I will tell you, I'm one of the people who like the Windows 8.1 interface. I'm, I know I'm in the minority, but it was nice because if you had a tablet, which Microsoft had the Surface, you had the icons, right? Like the Apple iPhone or Android, but then you could flip back to the start menu. Right. Well, what was the better. problem? Well, it was the one, it was the 8.0 where you didn't even have the start button at all. And yeah, that's true. And of course, I didn't have a tablet. So you tried to use a desktop machine that way. It was very frustrating. In fact, the only thing I could do was open a command prompt to type in MS DOS commands, is the only way I could get anything done on it. Yeah. Okay. It was a little before its time. Well, well. Also, they made the bizarre decision to use the same user interface for every form factor, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. 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 But that's you know, true and, too. But you know, I mean, it's it's nice to see them experiment with things. There might be a market for a lockdown Windows machine that can only do certain limited things. There's been kiosk mode for years. You know, it's right. What comes yeah. of it? It's just I, I'm not sure it should be the default for a new machine you buy. But anyway, well, it makes it secure right out of the box, and Windows or Microsoft can now claim that they're right. The, the security benefits are pretty undeniable. I know there was a um, uh, an antivirus product, the one owned by Miko Hyponen, I forget the name of it, um, that actually also did this in the default mode. It would do application allow listing, so you could only install known good apps, and anything it didn't like, it wouldn't let you install it. And that's another way to I make see. it a lot more secure. At a yeah. Anyway, let's go to your obituaries. Yeah, so obituary pirates. Have you heard of this? Yeah. Is this yeah. something new? So this was in the New York Times that this is all about getting clicks and getting people to click on fake. They're not, they're pseudo fake obituaries. So meaning that somebody actually did pass away yeah. But they get creative writing or chat GPT to create multiple obituaries to just flood the internet so people click on it. So I guess the idea is people find out somebody died, they Google to read the obituary, and then they end up on the fake obituary with ads. Exactly. It's all about the clicks. And what they're doing is they're trying to flood the internet with the fake obituaries. So you're right, the Google search finds their illegitimate uh, obituaries. Instead of the legitimate ones. Yeah I, wonder, or, or, yeah, yeah, I wonder how many people read obituaries. I guess only for famous people would it make any sense. 
I, the New York Times article is implying that it's for anybody. Seems High school like a, friends. Seems like a low, uh, a low. I, I would agree. I would agree. But it made it to the New York Times. So I thought I'd share that. Well, with. I guess it's cheap, like robocalls. You could just program a computer to do this and it would generate these things automatically. So you don't really care if each one of them only gets 10 clicks. Yeah. And the obituaries a lot of times are more um, salacious, should I say, than somebody maybe just passing away of a, of a heart attack or natural causes. It's maybe they were involved in a in a police shooting or something oh. to make the story even more lively, if you will. Well, that would be a thing that would do it if there's some kind of hook into something popular to make more people uh, care. Yeah, this yeah, but, reminds yeah, me yeah. of the the uh, the hallmark of the Trump age: the person that said, "I did my own research. I didn't believe that <laughs> New York Times article. I Googled to find the obituary. Now I know what really happened." You you know who did that recently? Was the uh, Retail Merchants Association, I think is who it's called. And it's the amount of theft that's occurring. And they testified in Congress and they were testifying someplace else in articles. And it was a circular referral to each one. But when somebody said, where'd you get the number? They'd refer back to their testimony. But there was never any source of where the actual number came from. Yeah, it reminds me of these time travel movies where the guy goes back in time and gives the time travel gadget to somebody and he uses it and nobody ever actually builds it. It just appears. <laughs> uh, and uh, I know it's, I heard about that one. And this is this is very common, these round robin things where things just appear out of nowhere and then they repeat an echo until it seems like there are 10 sources repeating this thing that is not true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We saw that happen a lot. All right. And all right. You have another one for us, Sam. I do. Um, so now the um romance websites have now added AI to it, and they have added an AI chatbot that you can pr- that will imitate your voice and personality, and it will go on your first date for you with the AI of the other person and decide if you're compatible before you waste your time. Wait, 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 wait. So slow this down again. You fill in a profile like a questionnaire. It yeah. generates an AI chatbot that will talk like you and have your interests. And so does the other person. And the two bots go on a date. <laughs> <laughs> and then report back to you whether this person is interesting or not. I see. So th- these are legitimate. These aren't romance scams, at least not yet. Well, it didn't. It's psychology today. They didn't bring up that issue, but I see. They imagine that there are actual real humans behind here. But now that you mention it, why would you make that assumption? If I was making the dating website, I would just program a bunch of of fake beautiful women with fake chatbots. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. It's all about the clicks and the money. Yes, and. You know, if I was going to use one of these online dating services, I would want to see one where they don't get any money until you actually get married. Now, that would be one where you actually have like a a measure of value. (laughs) Because, you know, 90% of it's all fake. And you like, like, uh, I want their profit model not to be making me waste more time on the site, but their profit model being making me actually meet somebody I like. Hmm, that might be an interesting business model, huh? Well, you know, we have it in coding boot camps, right? You don't you don't have to pay, but you take like 10% of your salary when you get a job, which is yeah. the same kind of thing. 
Yeah, except that's not exactly romance related. So well, well, you know, there, there, I think you exploit the weakness of the system. Romance is vaguely designed. I think you'd have to define it. Well, the only thing that matters is getting married. Everything else is a failure. Something like that. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, so I, I think these chatbots are going to turn into romance scams, and I think we're going to see this happen very quickly. Very likely. That's, and you've got the ultimate one. <laughs> I've got the ultimate one. This is Taylor Swift and deep porn or uh, deep fakes of her porn made up porn videos. Yeah. Obviously, they're not Taylor Swift are flooding Twitter. Yeah. Now, Twitter was contacted saying you got to do something about it this is horrible this is terrible so what was twitter's response well are they going to block these videos well you know you'd think elon musk would say i stand for free speech but maybe not maybe not against taylor swift so you know what the fix was are we going to block them are we going to prevent them from being posted no let's just alter the search responses so they can't be found well, that's that's usually his response to everything. Rather than taking it down, just make it hard to find, which amounts yeah. to essentially the same thing. Well, but they're still out there. Well, I guess they are. That's true. And th but then you then you hit his free speech thing. Is it actually illegal to make? Uh, it's not exactly revenge porn. Is it actually? If you're a public figure, they could make a Saturday night skit of you. They could probably make a porn yeah. movie about you if you're a public figure. So it's probably legal. That's going to be an interesting legal question, and I'm sure we're going to see that come up. Yeah, and it, you know, this reminds me: isn't there a uh, lawmaker that constantly holds up a picture of somebody's penis? Marjorie, and I don't understand. Yes. Okay, I wasn't going to go there, but apparently it's censored. So she says people shouldn't claim to be so shocked by it. But anyway. It is their primary argument against Joe Biden. You know, I can think of a few other better arguments, but this is the main one they seem to push. Well, it's more outrageous, right? It's the culture war. Yeah, the emotional yeah. appeal. I mean, yeah. I, I think you could criticize him over Hamas in Afghanistan, but but I guess that wouldn't have the punch of his son having naked pictures. What does yeah, it you matter know... if he did something stupid anyway? I mean, didn't Jimmy Carter have a brother who was a drunk or something? Every president has some relative who's an idiot. <laughs> of course. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but... All right. Do you have another one for us? I had the last one, which really surprised me. Yeah. Ransomware payouts are going down. I've been really? so many. Yeah. Not only the size of the payout is going down and the number of people that pay is going down, down to like 29%. And they've measured like the last five years of it. It used to be like 80% of people paid. Now it's only 29% of people pay. And the average payout has gone down. So they say people are beginning to actually prepare for this, have good backups and everything and, and not pay. Another thing I've heard is often when you do pay, you still can't recover your stuff. So uh, that's hmm. maybe it's going out of fashion. It seemed like this would never end, but it seems like it's gradually fading away. So the the claim that you um, you pay and you don't get your data back. Yeah. Well, what you get is you get some miserable tool. It doesn't run very well. It takes too long. It turns out to be more hassle oh, than just recovering from real backups. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And some of them, there is no, you don't get the tool at all because they're just scams. All they did was destroy the data. They're, they're, yeah. They're imposters. Yeah. Right. And I, I do, I don't know if you ever saw the uh, email that was sent for the Colonial Pipeline. It, oh, right it, time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I have it somewhere, but it effectively said, you know, we're 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 the people that you know encrypted the data on your drives, and we are honest. We have five star ratings, so if you pay us, yeah. our reputation, right? We have our reputation to withhold. Well, that, I've heard that's absolutely true, and that's why you hire consultants to help you deal with ransomware because they do keep reputation scores, and they will tell you whether it's worth paying or not. They yeah, can yeah, and. Uh, and they can also negotiate the price for you and stuff. So just like when a real person gets kidnapped, you get like someone to help negotiate. These guys will help negotiate that. I know friends in this business, but apparently the business is declining. That would be nice. Although yeah, it's not declining. I mean, I would like to say here, all you have to do is buy like McAfee antivirus and it will stop this. But as far as I know, there's nothing you can buy that will stop this. That's not why it's declining. That There is some easy to install product that will stop ransomware. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, it'll be less profitable and people will move on or it's going to move to low-hanging hackers, if you will, and they're going to go after smaller dollar amounts. That's happening too. And But, you know, the U.S. government is seriously talking about outlawing ransom payments. And this article does point out what I thought. They say, if you do that, people will just conceal their ransomware infection and hire a black market broker. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. I mean... If you were a big company and you say, you know, you could like not pay the ransom and you'd have to pay $100 million and spend six months to get this stuff back, or you could pay $5 million today and get it back by next week, they're going to say, the choice is clear. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. I think so that's, I, that's it for me this time. How about you? Any more? Nope. That's it. All right. We'll have another so, one Friday. Yep. Another one on Friday and it'll be February. It will. Yep. I'm stopping it.